Welcome, everyone, and thanks for tuning your internet dials to Squawking Dead. Before I kick off the show, I wanted to give a shout-out to Carol's husband. Thanks, honey. Who gave us some cool design ideas, and we've redesigned our profile images and banners to reflect that. I think it's cool. Your girlfriend thinks it's cool. And even your mom thinks it's cool. So why do you not think it's cool? Let us know at squawkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. I also have some terrific news. Apple has graced and embraced us by approving our podcast on iTunes. <gasps> Just, yeah, isn't that amazing? It's so exciting. Just search for Squawking Dead, subscribe to the show, and you'll automatically receive new episodes and content as soon as they're posted. Eh. Meanwhile, our heads have been spinning these past few Squawking Dead episodes. The Walking Dead has been nothing short of a roller coaster. Fast, furious, and filled with sudden rises and falls. Overall, our beloved teams have been gaining ground. It should be no surprise that The Walking Dead would eventually bring about a reckoning. Yes. In the last episode, we were left with Rick and Daryl racing off to Gavin's heavy artillery storehouse, and Jesus and friends dropping off the saviors at Mama Maggie's hilltop. Most importantly, and after doing so well initially, the kingdom. Oh, the kingdom. Yeah. Gun down so suddenly after a string of wins it was a shock and blow to us all and this episode left nothing to the imagination no it, did it was not. way worse than we thought yeah well, as always carol will you one day show me how to start a show oh god where do i even start i know that i've said a lot the last time about how i've been waiting for that negan backstory episode but this is kind of more along the lines of the, the episode i was waiting for i think that this is so far the best episode of the season i feel i mean granted we're only four episodes in but i feel it's probably one of the better episodes that they've had in a while just because i like the very centralized focus i like whenever we get some backstory on a character and we kind of give them more backdrop and we kind of give they they become less of a caricature and more of of, of a multi-dimensional character and it's nice with ezekiel we get we've got more of that rather than just kind of like this bravado unfortunately we got that by basically breaking him down to to his last shred of (laughs) of confidence is completely gone but I I think it was it was a really really great episode I thought it was it was really interesting and it was really compelling I mean I oof, that opening the graphic nature of it it's, it's actually funny because I, I've been listening to and, and reading what a lot of other people have been saying and a lot of people have been complaining this season that they felt that since it's all out war you know it was expected that there was going to be a lot of action a lot of battles a lot of people felt that the portrayal of the violence so far has been a little perhaps non-believable or a little kind of like more action-y rather than war. Oh, this really? episode to me, yeah, I never thought of it that way, but I guess I could see where they're coming from, that it was more kind of like action movie, less wartime movie. This episode right. was less more... Less zombie horror. Right. right. This definitely felt very much like a Saving Private Ryan kind of like all of these soldiers basically completely gunned down. And I think it also kind of showed the magnitude of, for lack of a better word, weapons of mass destruction and just basically the magnitude of the effect of those weapons taking out basically Ezekiel's entire army. So I thought it was really, I think it was really good to show kind of like the gravity and severity of the weapons that they have and what they're capable of. So I think that that really resonated. I don't even know what to say about about Shiva. Like shed tears for a non-existent CGI cat. (laughs) (laughs) Putting it all on the table, Carol. Just put Put it it all on the table. Just all out. I can't even watch that scene again. It's like it just oh, breaks my heart. But I think I all overall, I really like this episode for sure. And that's the show, folks. See you next week. Okay. <laughs> that, that's, that's my first impression. That's my first that's, impression. That's the first really impression. Like this show's going to be like two hours long. Okay. <laughs> I know, I didn't even get to Rick and Daryl. That was oh, a fun little scene. Yeah, that fun, exactly. The, the fact that it was little is why it's like, okay, we might as well not. It doesn't matter. That scene was yeah. like, eh, it's a few, few yeah. minutes long. Yeah. It was a 
it was a fun little scene, basically. But tell me it more wasn't... about Ezekiel. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> right. notice how like this was a very Ezekiel-centric episode, less a kingdom episode, more Ezekiel. Yes, it was and... one of those like kind of character study episodes. Yeah. It, well, it's funny that you mentioned how we got to see like a more introspective episode, even with some of the action that was going on. What I like about what you mentioned was even though we were kind of sick of that stuff in the last season or the last maybe two seasons, let's just say, it's interesting that you say that after having like three episodes full of action right yeah and I think it's so needed. it's almost as if we miss it this is the stuff this is why we miss this part of the show this 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 is what makes the walking dead is some of these longer more introspective character driven yes. episodes yes so I think I, it, I, I think it's necessary I don't think that we necessarily have to overdo it but I think that intermixed in this action to get a moment to basically kind of understand the humanity of a character and at their core who what they're about I think it's interesting right and and to mix in all the action with that yes. is a good formula whereas last season or two it wasn't a lot of action it was a lot more tension but it was like quiet tension with the drawn out dialogue-less episodes so right so it's interesting to get that with an action episode with a tense tension action and character expose let's just say yes it was just a very plotting pace before. I think that they kind of skewed towards a lot of the character study episodes last season after the big Glenn Abraham murder. And then it just became very plotting, just very kind of, okay, it's all right, all right, all right. You know, when are we going to do something? Whereas this season was <laughs> the total opposite where we have all this action going on. And now the, there certainly was action in this episode too, but I think it was nicely married with this sort of character study at the same time. So I think it worked. I think they did a good job yeah it, w- it was a perfect mix i mean we were we were on high tension yes. for the last three episodes which yes. I, I think was making you dizzy a little bit i mean in a good uh, way but yeah i don't know how many more episodes you would have been able to handle this no no and i think kirkman said or or, or scott m gimple said that the first four were going to be like that and then we were going to have to take a, a bit of a step back so i know that they said that but the first few episodes have been intense and we talked about this before they basically continued where the previous one left off so it's just been this continuous boom 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 yeah and, and that's they shot it too yeah apparently yeah apparently yeah so yeah well i might as well get this out of the way i might as well get this completely out of the way because i kind of want to just throw it out there so that we don't have to talk about it again (laughs) but it looks like you were wrong about something oh yes yes about the um the walk the the walker from the last episode no 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 not that okay oh okay okay well i I think i want to keep have you keep picking things (laughs) oh okay not wrong okay that but also something else you will get your negan episode i did i did see that I did see a clip about that. So, yep, yep. yep. Aren't you excited? I am excited. I'm curious because this is the thing. What they did with Ezekiel this week is what I would like them to do to Negan. I want to get some dimension to the person, and I think that that makes them a more compelling character to know the the different aspects of them. So they're not just basically he's a king or or he's a a villain. It's like okay, a dictator. Yeah, it's like well, well, what else is there? Like, I mean, you know, why? Why is he there? Why? I want to know. How did we get here? And make him interesting. And I think that a lot of the people that have complaints about about the Negan character are usually that, that they find him to be a little cartoonish, a little caricaturish. And I feel last season, a lot of the moments that I liked with Negan, to be honest, were more on these one-on-one sort of uh, scenes when he's, when it's just him and another character communicating and you see a little bit more of the different sides or dimensions to him, like the episode where he was with Carl, um, even uh, in his his, uh, com- oh, his discussions with Sasha. Oh, no, Negan. Yeah, yeah, like, Negan I mean, with Rick what, also. Well, I feel like when he spoke to Rick, it was still very much like trying to kind of, you know, dictate over him. But I feel like when he was talking yeah. to Carl, you see the different
different side where he almost has a sort of kind of soft spot in a way for, for, for this kid. And even when he's talking to Sasha, you know, before she kills herself also, I mean, because he could have killed either one of them, hands down, easily, you know, but sure. he doesn't. And so I find that when they have the Negan character talking one-on-one to certain characters, you kind of start to see, okay, well, this guy is not just a, a, a crazy murderer. There's more to him than that. And you kind of get a feel for more of that. Whereas I feel that when he's in this in this public stage and he's at uh, Alexandria or wherever, and he's surrounded by all his uh, lackeys, it's a lot of posturing. And sometimes it can be like, okay, all right, all right, we get it, we get it. Yeah. So that's why that's what I'm looking forward to in the Negan Father Gabriel episode. But right. I might be setting myself up for failure. So well, I'm we don't hopeful. Know what's yeah. It's... We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So I'm hopeful, but we'll see. Well, you and me are both on the side of the the possibility of Negan and Father Gabriel being in the trailer at the same time could be the opportunity for confessions and things like that. So, that so it's it's hope. interesting, but you never know what's going to happen because of the many sides of Negan, right? Right. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't know. know. But I am very curious to see, and I am hopeful. I am, I am, I'm, open, I'm open, but I'm trying not to uh, make any assumptions. Yeah, that's what makes this episode a lot more of a cool-down episode. It's, it's a little less action, some tension, more character expose, and then it, it leaves us open for a really really good transition to whatever's going on in the trailer. This yes. maybe quiet one-on-one dark room scene. Mm-hmm. No light, it seems. Right. Doesn't seem like it, no. So, yeah, perfect mood. And not only that, after this character dive into Ezekiel, and we're making this assumption, but going into a possible Negan backstory, it's just a perfect kind of transition, and maybe even a way to show the similarities between Ezekiel and Negan in some sort of fluid crossfade kind of way mm-hmm. it could so. be it, it could give an opportunity to kind of under to basically show how perhaps he doesn't come from a background so different from you know whether it's ezekiel or rick he just basically skewed this way for whatever reason but it, it would be interesting to see if it if they do go that route to kind of show hey he's not all that different from these other characters even father gabriel maybe who knows maybe even father gabriel the two people that you wouldn't think would be the same could be Wow. quite the same. You never know. You never yeah. know. And a trailer and we could do a whole episode on that. Oh, yes. Which will probably be might. the next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that'll probably Good be next call. week. Good call. Yep. Think alike. Exactly. I love the mood of Ezekiel in his grandiose old theater Opry house looking yeah, studio right? makeup counter with the bowl of water and washing his face and rolling his dreads and shaving yeah. his cheek. It so. was interesting because at first I wasn't sure watching it where he was at first I wasn't or or time wise I wasn't sure if this was present day or if this was in the past like at first because they never really showed his quarters so it isn't until then you see him get dressed and you realize okay he's at the kingdom this is is where he stays but yeah I thought it was uh, interesting and this is his everyday yes so you know everyday getting up putting on his costume let's just say yes just a very interesting way of looking at how he gets up in the morning what he has to become right Mm -hmm. I yeah. know we're going to talk about that soon, but yes, but yeah, there's nothing really to tear apart in that one scene. I, I think what I thought was very 
interesting. Obviously, we get the speech, but right after this moving speech where he says, we are one, and everybody's coming in and, and mm-hmm. you know, yep. the, to the center where Ezekiel's at and embracing, you go directly, yes. directly into the oh. scene with him being buried under under these bodies, these same kingdom oh. bodies. Yeah, and it was, was just... It was just Oof. a good, well-plotted-out shot and, it and was. such a good yeah. transition. This extreme high, and then all of a yeah. sudden we're being gravity-dropped. It was very... I think I think it was very well shot. It was very effectively shot because it was a very, very strong way of showing, like you said, this point where they were just united and they had this hope and, and inspiration and, and this is what we're going to do. And then the reality of it being a complete tragic disaster and right. just basically being covered by the bodies of, 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 his, of his soldiers... Of of the people from his kingdom and and as, as as i said before it's like i think it really was well done to display how obviously it's, it's very graphic yeah. you know the way they have it shown but i think it was well done to basically show how ex- how dangerous these weapons are that they have it, beyond like the shotguns and, and the machine guns that you see like i mean you see the, the firefight with aaron and and the saviors before where it's just like infinite rounds of ammo <laughs> just going back and forth Seen out of star wars yeah yeah just this never-ending ammo and you know like yeah some people get shot and whatever but this really showed like no these are very very serious weapons that really I mean basically decimated an entire army <laughs> it's exactly what they did I think it was very very effective and it was very oof rough yeah and, that was and after that after that it was it was like we are one and then you see the pile of bodies and then you look around and there are body parts and I'm like we are not one there's a piece of me yes. there there's a piece oof. of me over there there's, oh man my insides uh, are over there and I'm over here so i i oh, thought that was a yeah, little that was funny after rewatching it again <laughs> so a little humor yeah that was in all the that was, uh, that's that's good i like your humor that, that was like <laughs> my humor that was like me finding morales's murder humorous last time i was like yeah yeah that's kind of funny i knew daryl was gonna pop out of somewhere and they're like, oh, there you go here i am it looks like pop goes the daryl <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I was like, yes. I was like, see, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Oh, yeah. And and so directly after that, it, it does cut to the scene with the bodies uh, in this pile. And it, it, you see the parts on the floor and you don't really yes. see Ezekiel come out. But then he comes out all of a sudden from uh, out of the bodies. And yes. and what I noticed was it was like, it was as if he was birthed from this yeah, amniotic right? sack of bodies. And uh, he's Ugh. like crawling around on the floor. He's very confused. Yeah. He's frightened. He cries out. Not like yeah. Baby, he's a real man. I just thought the similarities, what the connotations are with that, yeah. is kind of interesting. Like the the birth of real Ezekiel. Like this, exactly. I think it's a very interesting analogy because it is. This is this is where the whole your Majesty and all of that. I mean, that all gets tossed out the window. This is Ezekiel in this situation, trying basically taking in all the people that we we, we understand that his, his leg is wounded, and he starts coming to the realization that these men who were once on his side are going to start turning and reanimating his walkers and and you start to notice that i think the first one that does is the one that's missing the arm that we see an arm and i think it's i think it might be that that's that right. same walker is one of is the one of the first ones to turn and oh boy yikes that yeah. is not a good place to be yeah and nope, uh, nope, nope. i, I, I it's it's like something we said the other week how we would react in similar situations I don't even think we'd be even we'd probably be worse than how Ezekiel reacted but I'm sure like people were like get up you idiot 
shit, move. And it yeah. was injured. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, but I can see a lot of people saying that. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Well, I think people need to stop with that. Because yeah. here's the thing. I'm the first one to Calm say yourself. that some people have all these aspirations of like, oh, I should do this or you should do this. It's like, look, I'm the first one to say if something like that happened and I'm in a certain position, I might just be like, screw this. This isn't happening. I'm just going to slip my wrist and do it myself because this is just not. I, my I am, wife. What the hell's yeah. wrong with you two? <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, listen, I'll try to take care of okay. you. <laughs> listen, side, quick side tangent. I had a friend years ago who I worked with and during the time that the plane landed in the Hudson, the miracle on the Hudson, so oh, we yeah. were in obviously New York and I'm, and I'm telling her, hey, did you hear about this? And you know, we're watching it on the news and it's amazing. Everybody survived and whatever. And she was already afraid of flying and she was like, listen, like, if I was on the plane, the minute they say brace for impact, she's like, I would slip my wrist right there. She's like, I wouldn't even oh, bother. I was like, well, you see, I was like, well, and you see, you would have been wrong. So that's probably not the You would have been the one though, fatality so. out of all the people that actually The one got fatality. Saved. There was one fatality. The one, one fatality. It's funny that uh, you say that because it's it does bring up an interesting parallel like the other side of the coin though we would may not be able to react quite as well as ezekiel in that situation as much to our our name calling of ezekiel at the time like oh the werewolf is behind you that kind of feeling Mm -hmm. the other side of the coin is i don't think you would do that i think when faced with a proposition of something else taking your life there's obviously there's a natural fight or flight uh, yes thing that kicks in agreed but i think i think when you realize that this could be over it really does kick you into gear. Wait a minute. I don't I agree. think I, I would do that. I don't think I would do that. I don't think I want it to be over. I, I want to stay till the end yeah. credits. You know, I want to see if there's a finger yeah. uh, at the end of this movie. Or maybe there's after the credits, there's something, some cool thing. So, no, yeah. And I, and I do agree. No, it's true. I think, and I think it depends on your method of survival too, because. I, I remember hearing somebody and they made a very good point and they said that the, and it was it was a very good point they said that a lot of people watch the show and think of themselves that they would be like Daryl but really they'd be like Eugene like you would you'd be Eugene like I'm sorry it's like in your mind you think you'll be Daryl no you're not gonna be Daryl you'll be that Eugene. was shooting really high too like going yeah like really high. high like yeah like or or you know Aaron I mean? yeah exactly or, oh, yeah. Or, or you know Glenn. what shoot, shoot high go for Eric be honest with yourself Daryl right. are you serious it's like no, dude, no, stop. <laughs> stop right there no exactly but like but that's that's the thing i think people watch the show and are like no so what are you doing blah, blah, blah. it's like well come on let's be realistic here the reality you're is I mean, come on God, you're your man <laughs> you're love i am a gregory okay fine uh, if i'm lucky i'm a gregory let's put it that way oh god yeah oh know. one more comment on that though if you wash your hands every time you go to the bathroom either or you're not mm-hmm. daryl that's all i can say about that you're just not daryl yeah <laughs> daryl is definitely a little little grimy yeah little exactly grimy. even yeah. though according to to, to talking Andrew dead Lincoln, he's one of the cleanest yeah that he's, he's like one, one of the, of the best cleanest. smelling people yeah yes it's deceiving <laughs> it is hey you never know you never know exactly it's like it's like open up a candy and just popping in your mouth like you never know what it's going to actually taste like until okay why did i go there i don't know I, I, i'm but, not sure but i don't want to take this this line of thought further <laughs> Like we're gonna, you're like we're gonna stop right there. Anyway, so (laughs) what's cool about seeing Ezekiel flee and even getting, you know, having the Gunther? By the way, his name is Gunther, the scrawny savior. I call him Chester the molester. (laughs) I called him scrawny savior, but uh, yeah, that yours is way better. Pete the pedo. 
was gross, dude. Like the glasses. And, I mean, and I know that they were going for like a really detestable character. Obviously, they were trying to make him somebody that you just ugh, like just awful, you know. But ugh, like, I mean, I guess they were effective. <laughs> they were effective in that respect. Really good teeth, though. By the way, well, why is it that yes. post-apocalyptic people have like the best teeth? I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, right. You you would think that that wouldn't be the case, right? Yeah, well, except- they have a lot at the sanctuary, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, good dental plan at the sanctuary. Good dental plan at the sanctuary. Yeah, you see Ezekiel really, he's not really necessarily give up, giving up. Like, no. even though he's crawling away, he's in shock. I mean, he's in shock. Let's just give him that. But, you know, there's moments where he lays down and refuses to move. Yeah. He tries to take his uh, cane back. So throughout the episode, you're thinking to yourself, oh, man, what's happening to him? You don't really see him kind of give up till no. near the end. And not yeah. even give up. It's like this remorse over swindling these people. But yeah. but at the same time, he does hold, try to hold on to it. He know, does. A little bit, you know, until he finally lets go. So, and these are the things that are going on in your mind. I mean, it's what it's probably going on through other people's minds. It's kind of like, come on, man, it's not that bad. Yeah. And it, I mean, yeah, it's bad, but still, don't give up. You know, and yeah. it's funny because it's not only the audience that's saying that. And, you know, you were saying it too when you were first watching it, but the kingdom themselves, Jerry, uh, yes. the guy that initially picks him up, Alvaro, I think. Alvaro, yeah, Alvaro. Uh, yeah. Picks him up, and they're telling him, dude, stop it. You yeah. know, we needed you. You know, they we still believe. Him. They yeah, still believe need you. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, so it's it's we're all trying to tell him that, but it's it's just hard. It's just really hard because it, it just tells you a lot about Ezekiel's character, how invested he really is. Whereas Negan probably couldn't give a damn, right, maybe. Right. You know, he'd I probably mean, shoot his own. Yeah, if he know? loses. And I think that they even did that too. The saviors, didn't they? In the in the Carol part. Oh didn't yeah. Carol had a savior, you know, with a Joey. nice to snack. That was oh, that was his name? Okay. Yeah. But like didn't they say like, oh light him up? Like they no hesitation. Like there's no loyalty within the saviors themselves. It's just right. basically whatever. If we have to sacrifice one of our own, so be it. There's no looking out for each other whatsoever. Right. And Negan himself probably wouldn't hesitate also. It's it's just the fact. So it's, yeah. wow. We, we've kind of, we're kind of drawing some really good, good parallels between the two already. But yeah. I, like, I love good yeah. here. It's, it's, a good, it's good that we're two co-hosts in the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's good that, that we're having helps. a conversation. For some reason, I do love the blood anointment that Ezekiel gets. There's something about it that, I mean, obviously I don't well, like Gunther, but I thought, I thought it was yeah, right. What was? What do you think was the point in that? I'm making you a king. Gunther's making here. You want to be a king? You're a king, mm. and he just humiliates him, but like in a in a kind of poetic yeah, and way. Yeah, because a lot of the the, the the smack basically that we he was talking to him was even. Yeah, you know, I remember like the one part where he was saying, "Even in death, these guys are still following you," and that was oof, that was kind of that was a heavy statement. Yeah, the parallel to that is the whole: Does Negan even know your name? And then he uh, yes. responds quickly, "I'm Negan." Yeah, which is very interesting. Very very interesting. Which kind of circles back to what Negan had done to be almost this cult-like leader mm-hmm. status to them. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. this uh, Dahmer, well, he looks like Dahmer. <laughs> Gunther looks like Dahmer. But this Definitely. kind of cult leader status that Negan has, that knowing full well well that Negan wouldn't know his name whatsoever, still kind of doesn't hesitate. Yeah. And this is why I say that I need to understand more. Because how do people get to this point? How? That, that's what I want to understand. Well, think about it though. People do that now. You know, we live in a time of relative yeah. peace yeah there's some hardship yeah. yeah a lot of people have hardship but even in, in the worst of hardships now mm-hmm. we're not nearly on the level of people that lived in the dust bowl yeah. let's really True. think about that poverty 
now is not the same as poverty then. Yeah. I still can't wrap my head around it, though. I mean, I, I know it exists and I know it happens, but ugh, it's it's just amazing to me. It's like, how does this happen? How how are we here? How is this Jeffrey Dahmer lookalike at this at this point in the road, basically threatening Ezekiel be, and then saying he's Negan? Like, how does that happen? How did we get here? If you want to stretch it a little, there's two things I could say about that is that you could say that Gunther is probably saying the same thing about all the kingdom people. Like, what are these people doing? They're like... Sure worshiping this king and it's just this interesting parallel but the other thing if you want to really extrapolate a little of that concept is a lot of people from different religions say that about other people from other religions like oh yeah, this is BS what the heck is this what are you doing and so yeah. we do that to each other all the time on smaller levels it's yeah. crazy no, so uh, it is true. you should learn something from the show The Walking Dead teaches you how yeah. to live with other people teaches you how to survive and live in other I always say all Tolerance, the time people. listen I say that The Walking Dead is one of the most multicultural and multi-denominational shows on television. And you know why? I had a friend that told me the, apo- the apocalypse does not discriminate. And it's true. Yeah. It does not. does not. That's so, it's so fast. Yeah, I did notice that about the show. And you notice it even more when it comes to the fans. You have people calling in from Alabama, Arkansas. Yeah. You know, states typically not normally on the side of these things, but it's this huge fan base. Yeah. You know, it's it's not just about Southern Pride. No. I mean, it's just everywhere like and and internationally too if you want to take it there i mean there's just fans all over and everybody has you know, i mean I, I i don't want to say everybody can relate to the apocalypse i'm not saying that but <laughs> oh god i hope not i hope not i sincerely hope not but in a way they can because of the, the taller thing exactly yeah. Yes. But yeah it's it's the, well the south thing i was just really trying to illustrate the, the idea that most people probably think uh, oh they're all this and that but then you have all these gay characters and you have people from different ethnicities and and just the idea of them working together. I mean, even look at Rick, Rick and Daryl, two people that you would probably see on the other side of the the street in terms of light and dark. Yes. Pre-apocalypse. Yes. And here we are. We're like best buds. Yeah, best buds. Like I said, it's it's uh, multi-denominational and and cultural. I mean, in the kingdom, you see a woman who's obviously Muslim and obviously we've we've had Asian characters, we've had black characters we have had hispanic characters so i appreciate that i i always i notice those little details so that you did i feel I that much more i'm in tune with that yeah that's what i was gonna say i'm in tune with that yeah. <laughs> i'm in tune with what you're saying yes i'm very perceptive to that <laughs> well and on the heels of that hello jerry ah <sighs> I the, the I whole thinking- time the whole time that this scene was going on I'm sitting watching it with my husband and I'm like where's Jerry where's Jerry Jerry like on, are you like hitting t- him while while you're while you're saying this like no I'm like Eddie. tapping him I'm tapping him <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like where's where, where's Jerry where is Jerry? like you know he's he's gonna pop out somewhere like if we don't see Jerry's body he's going to pop out of somewhere and especially because Jerry and Alvaro were the two that in the last episode went off to the side to start killing the savior saviors that they'd killed uh, before they turned. So since Alvaro came to get Ezekiel before he's killed by the, this creepy uh, savior, I, you kind of knew it's like, okay, Jerry's somewhere. When is Jerry coming out? <laughs> when? At what point is Jerry coming in to save the day? Right, because it was and, in the bodies, right? But man, he, oof, that was graphic, dude. <laughs> he comes in hot. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that is disgusting. <laughs> you, I, I could just see it now. You're like, yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, exactly. I was like, yes. Oh, God, that's gross. And then you're like, then you're like, Eddie, why'd you make me see that? I'm just, you know, I will say like my tolerance of watching things has, it has greatly improved because of the show. <laughs> greatly improved. I am definitely not as squeamish. So I did see it, but I was just like, oh, God, that was kind of gross. <laughs> but, okay. What's, so, you, know what's, you know what's so funny about that? I, I can't watch house yeah so medical sort of procedures i can't watch that either though i literally I have to grab whoever's hand is closest to me maybe both sides <laughs> and but like with walking dead it's like ah and i start laughing we're like I doing think- like okay i'm like the dude in the movie theater going oh he, no he didn't and like i start laughing really loud because you know what i th- oh you're that guy okay <laughs> <laughs> no no i was like that at home in the privacy at of home. my own home yes and then my privacy of home exactly oh no, dang he just did that <laughs> Yeah, that's like me with like Eddie and being like, oh, God, that's gross. But I mean, I think that medical dramas like, you know what it is? It's that medical dramas are based. It's reality. It's real. They're operations. So that's tough to watch. And probably something like Walking Dead, you know that it's obviously fiction. So maybe that's part of it. Plus, it's action mixed with zombie lore, whereas medical operations are straight up medical operations. And these zombie shows, they they tend to find a way to tone it down. Like, I think Kirkman was even saying that the effects for splitting Gunther into they had to zoom in the they way t- they did. Yes, I saw that. Be graphic. And honestly, I don't think that you needed to show more. I think that you you got it. Like you didn't need to see the whole thing. You know what happened just from what the piece that they showed, and just from that, it was like, whoa! You didn't need to see the whole thing to get the impression of what happened. Yeah, yeah. Less is, is more. Less is more. But I do think that this episode was probably one of the more graphic episodes that they've had in a long time. I know that they got a lot of pushback about last season because of the way Glenn and Abraham were, were killed. So I think that I had heard that they specifically were trying to kind of be a little bit more cognizant of the extent of violence. And I noticed that too, because even some of the some of the murders that they've done, like, you know, when Morales was murdered, you know, you don't necessarily see it. You know that it's, ha- you know, what happened, but you, we don't, it, it's not made a graphic portrayal. Like, we, we don't see exactly what happens other than, you know, that, it, you know, it happened, he killed them, and you see sort of that it, it occurred, the action occurred, but we don't see the, the graphic nature of it whereas I feel like this episode was very graphic but I think it was very graphic to make a point it wasn't graphic for the sake of being graphic I think it was graphic to really drive a point home so yeah like like uh, Jerry's fury and and right. also I think there's a little pandering to what we really want to see we really want to see this Gunther dude get his comeuppance right exactly and that's what and I we mean, got a little like, too much but kind of like right. you you want it you got it <laughs> right I mean that's the thing you know that when they build up some of these villains the way they do, you know that they're prepping this guy for a pretty graphic, horrible death. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just how it goes. So I knew that was going to happen with this character. I, I knew Ezekiel was going to get out of this. I was just waiting like, okay, when is this happening? Something's going to happen. And then, yeah, Jerry came in and just let out all his fury, but still is a sweetheart and takes Ezekiel's sword. He's still calling him your majesty. Still calling him your majesty. He's saying you don't, um, but then he goes, dude, yes I do. <laughs> and, and Ezekiel still does not feel worthy of anybody referring to him with with this title. But it's like you were saying before, he had men that jumped on him to protect him. And then Alvaro also died helping him get away. Thank God Jerry didn't die, but Jerry also believes in him. And and they stand guard to start fighting off this swarm of of zombie kingdom people coming for them. Which brings us to my girl, Carol. Oh yeah, definitely. I want to save some of the bigger Ezekiel topics for later. Yes. 
Yes. Because I got, I got me some. Yes, I know, I know that you do. You told me, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm waiting for my mind to be blown. Oh, well, I hope so. I was drunk at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you come up with very excellent, deep oh. philosophical stuff in those. Thank you. Things. Just saying. The first thing I noticed was, well, Carol is killing again. Carol's back. So, yeah. I was like, I was like, welcome back, Carol. Come back. The water's fine. The water, exactly. The come on in. Fine. The water's, it's fine. When she crawled into that vent and was assassin from above, I was like, see, this is why I love Carol. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Survivalist, too. Survivalist. Just shot them through the ceiling. So Honey. that's some, um, yeah. All, all, at all costs, too. At all, at all costs. But we do get to see these weapons that were used and we see that they're packing them up and we, we understand that they're trying to transport these weapons to the sanctuary in order to free Negan and I guess anybody who is stuck there from the swarm of zombies that our uh, heroes let in. Right. Oh, yes, that's right. But I, I just love the way she does it, though. Yes. The way she does it, it never ceases to impress me how she's able to manipulate people into thinking she's something she's not. Yes. And she plays and, that card very well. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And she, well, and who knows when that will run out? And I honestly didn't even think that would work, given the fact that sometimes our characters will do something like this and all of a sudden it stops working. These people that come back to the same patterns and then all of a sudden find, oops, this is the day that it, that my trick ran out. So it was clever. It worked out well. And she was able to get the drop on them in the end. They ran out of bullets after a while. The mind of a tactician. She really knows her stuff. She is very cunning. She's very, very cunning. She's very sharp. And she gets herself in these positions. And, and sometimes I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, God gonna get out of this carol but she finds a way she always does and i i do think that she, she she knows how to play her cards right and and i think quite honestly it's very deceptive because if you're these big rough and tumbling you know marauder saviors and you see this this little she's not elderly but she's obviously skewed on older woman and yeah, yeah. and they underestimate necessarily how dangerous she can be I, I and i think she 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 really preys on that sort of naive nature of them not necessarily taking her seriously as a threat and then she just capitalizes on it. Remember how I said last week the saviors must think everybody are br- everybody's brutal and so they react in kind. Mm-hmm. I think I want to amend that. I, I don't even think it's that anymore because the idea that they that they wouldn't even hesitate gunning her down. They could have gone after whatever main kingdom lever, uh, people were left. Yeah. You know, they could it's it would have been really easy. They had the numbers. You know, they they seem to have gotten most of them and they could have gotten rid of her, but it's this idea that they must not think anybody as brutal as they are. And not only that, but I guess what you sacrifice in being a savior is the lack of tactics. Because right. Negan is the one forming all the plans and maybe some of the head guys like Simon and Gavin and all that, right. everybody under them must not ha- have any sense of when they're being played or when somebody's rolling up on them in a way that, like some sort of strategy, some sort of plan of attack, they just don't seem to be prepared. Gavin's not there, so he can't really direct them on what to do. And it's this, this weakness from the saviors that because they're depending on the saviors to protect them, and you know obviously do whatever they want they really surrender their own mind they're no longer themselves as we brought up before they're a Negan they are Negan so it's this huge sacrifice whereas and I guess now this also comes back to the kingdom whereas the kingdom may follow orders from the king but there's a lot of delegation there are different groups they all have a little hierarchy among themselves and and people that they respect among their ranks and they're not surrendering themselves they have their own identity their own personality Ezekiel calls them by first name all of them yeah so there's a 
respect to it. There's there's a respect of one's ideas and tactics and and even like Ezekiel seeking seeking counsel from Carol and Rick when they first come to see him. I seek your counsel sort of thing. It's like if this was Negan, I would seek your knee on the floor and my bat against right. your head. Pretty <laughs> so much. Lucille seeks seeks vengeance. She's thirsty. So yeah. that's that's how it's like. So I amend what I say last time. It's it's not that they're brutal and it's not that they must think that nobody's as brutal as they are. It's just that they have no sense of individuality and, and tactic. Right. So it's gang gang mentality. Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh herd mentality. If yeah. yeah. And how how um of a how much of a parallel is that? The yeah. walkers. It, ah. Yeah, you, got, you got where I was going with that? I, I, I see you. I see it. I see big it. concentric circle, folks. I see where you're going with dead. this. I see where you're going with this. And I think uh-huh. that that's always been kind of like the commentary from Kirkman. Just, just how different are we from these evil beings that we call walkers? Are we that yeah. much or better? Evil, really? evil, like evil doesn't personify them. They're just, no. they don't have, they just, they're it. There's this thing. These monsters. How how different are we from these monsters? They are what they kids? are. They are what they are. And humans are uh, are what they are too. Yeah, so. it, but it's it's all these different dimensions, all these different angles from which we can see how we are. And either no different, but sometimes we are uh, than walkers and these just automaton creatures, like self-perpetuating things. But then yes. every now and again, we do something. We show our difference. So it's, it's it's a really cool concept, you know, that we've explored, that Kirkman's explored, really. Yeah, I think so. It's fascinating. But, and it's funny even how the how the episode was filmed was really cool we really go from these two viewpoints and they kind of meet in the middle the Carol side of the story where she's in the actual artillery factory place yes then we have Ezekiel trying to get out from the field or get in rather who knows and then we meet with them at the gate or actually even before that where Carol sees Jerry and Ezekiel at yes. the gate yes she sees them in the distance and she can see that they're in trouble that they're fending want, off they're fending off from, from the herd right yes but she can see that it's it's a considerable herd and this might be something that they won't be able to handle on their own right and then there's this moment before the commercial break I think where there's this pause do I go after Jerry and Ezekiel or do I just take these guys out and prevent them from getting the heavy artillery to the sanctuary right and why I want to pick that apart is that if you remember when Carol was at the prison and people started getting sick. Yes. Do you remember how she killed and burned yeah. up the bodies? Yeah. People just like that. Yeah, she felt that it, it's what had to be done for the greater good. Right, and we're kind of here now, and yet she decides that people are more worth it. That Yeah, give them a fighting chance. I think that's that, what's important in this world. I think it's very interesting because it definitely shows that Carol's come full circle and has come to a more reasonable balance of humanity and brutality. She will kill as is needed. And she is not trying and to deny and effectively, very effectively. Whereas a lot of these other people are, would I say, just spraying and praying. But she is effective. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It's true. Infinite ammo is more like suppressive fire instead of what right. are you hitting? But but Cannon she fodder. is right. yes. But yeah, I think that she's found a balance of 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 a brutality that's needed when it's needed, but at the same time, understanding that the hope and the possibilities of life is is far more important. So. I, I was happy to see her choose to save Ezekiel and Jerry. That was encouraging. That kind of brings up one final question about this, and that's knowing that and all the character analysis that we've been taking from Morgan and Tara and Rick and Daryl and Maggie, would you not say that Carol is probably the best? 
put together person on The Walking Dead right now, oddly enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that she's come light years. She's been a fixture on the show. So also like, you know, Daryl and Rick from, from and Morgan from the beginning. But I think that we've seen so much development from her and a struggle between being this battered housewife and surviving just, just to survive and, and then coming into her own and, and finding her strength after, after her daughter Sophia was killed and became a walker. And then just all, everything that she went through and she's evolved and she got to a peak where she didn't care about anything other than just pure survival, killing anything in her path and then becoming a pacifist where she didn't want to kill at all. What it boils down to is picking and choosing your battles. Nobody's saying that you have to be a one woman wrecking machine and just killing everything in your path. But when needed, you are able to defend those that need to be defended. And so I, I think that she definitely is probably the most developed character on the show by far oh god it hadn't occurred to me until we started talking about it and i started to reflect on previous squawking dead episodes here's a follow-up question carol follow-up gotcha question uh-huh. would you not say that the show is about carol gosh oh my god i you know i you know i'm always trying to figure out what this show is about <laughs> i'm always like who's who's this show really about it's not really about rick is it <laughs> it's about somebody else who knows maybe i don't know <laughs> that would be very interesting though i think it would be very interesting if the show was ultimately about carol she is the last survivor. She is. I, just, I, mean, I have this knows? idea for a segment, Carol. Hear me out. Okay. Who does Carol think the show is about this week? And every week it changes based on yeah. what's going there, on. There's like a needle and, and, a, and a meter. And then yes. it just hits like the wheel of fortune of, yes. of who the show is about. Yes. Like a barometer, basically. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, oh, it's like the wheel that they spin on the prices, right? What was it called? That's what it is. It's, it, it's the wheel. It's the wheel. The wheel. Spin that wheel. Oh, but that's yes. wheel of fortune. Oh, we're mixing things up but still you get the idea (laughs) so another side tangent my sister had to go to south by southwest for an event and they had a prices right uh i guess booth or area whatever and they had the wheel set up and (laughs) there was a long long line of people trying to get a turn at the wheel was Was there any money involved i don't think so There's probably people paying for a photo with the oh, wheel. Man. There's not even like names of the Walking Dead characters? Come on. That'd be pretty funny. That's probably in development. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm developing it. You're just the one who keeps spinning it. Exactly. Which is fun. I think it's fun. I, it's, it, it just came fun. about naturally. Like the idea of like the wheel. <laughs> I don't know. Let's have the fans spin it. I know. The fans can spin it. Yeah. I don't know and what the you, prize is. Then you riff be. on it. Yeah. Well, the prize is you riffing on it, and then you have to actually explain, you, which you can. I'm sure you can figure out a way to say, oh, this show is really about Carl. That is a possibility, also. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Oh, That's man. That's a strong one. I don't really want to get into the Rick and Daryl thing as much as I want to. I mean, I just, what it really it comes fun. down to. Yeah, it exactly. Was it was just a, a bit thing. of fun. Yeah. yeah. When. Carol was out there and she's like, oh, no, no, they're not. I don't know if it was Ezekiel or Jerry that said, it's like, oh, they're getting away with the guns. And I I didn't catch it at first watch that you hear the motorcycle and she realizes like, oh, no, you're not. And then you see them drive away and you see the motorcycle. I was like, yes, here we go. Because I was wondering when they showed the trailer for for this week, they had shown that scene and we were well into this episode and they hadn't shown anything on Rick and Daryl. So I was like, hmm, that's interesting because I knew that. (laughs) I was like, what exactly is that happening? But then when that happened, I was like, oh, here we go. So I, I did think that was definitely a fun, definitely a fun action scene. After a heavy, after like, a very heavy yes, episode, yeah. heavy emotional. And we're not even at the end of the emotion yet. But yeah, oh, yeah. It, it already thus far was a very heavily emotional episode. And then it's like, OK, here comes the Daryl Rick team coming in. <laughs> to just it's like it's it, like wrestling, it this tag team wrestling moment. But they it, are. It, isn't it funny how we had a fight scene in the last episode? This really awesome fight 
scene and now we have a yeah. car chase scene like what's it was, next it was a very like, cool car chase scene i gotta like say a, like a fight scene like planes flying and people jumping well, out of planes well they did say daryl norman reedus did say that daryl's character is going to be in some sort of big fight or something with another character so <laughs> it's it's a firefight they're in old uh, 1942 twin propeller jet planes that's not a thing but i just made it up what i am wondering though is and and this is this isn't necessarily a spoiler because we're already past this point but in the comic when we had that scene at the end of last season where the alexandrians fought back against the saviors and then the kingdom jumped in and to save the day and the hilltop came in negan had carl and and rick kneeling and you thought okay he's gonna kill somebody else that does actually occur in, in the comic but specifically um the jesus character jumps in and gets into this epic fist fight with negan which take all my has, money which has not happened yet which is why i tell you that i get disappointed because the jesus character in the comic is pretty kick-ass but i can't imagine the jesus character as he stands right now on the show being on that level to be able to have a fist fight sort of thing with negan but i could see daryl well because it's more poetic look i think that's probably what pisses you off it, it doesn't make sense for for jesus to fight negan right it, it makes more sense rate, than Daryl. right they haven't developed the jesus character in order for a scene like that to make sense it would it would be very out of the blue it would, it would make a whole lot of sense whereas with daryl based on the history that he's had with the saviors and even when they showed last uh, episode him seeing the handcuffs and, and dog food he has a lot of resentment and a lot of anger towards oh, and naked too. right you know so he definitely would it would make a lot more sense if a scene like that happened between Daryl and Negan. So I wonder if that might happen because he did say that he'll have some sort of epic fight scene, but he didn't divulge more than that. That may be so. That fight may, ha- may happen. But he did men- mention something else, somewhat of a civil war kind of thing looming. And what I think is that Daryl and Rick... I have heard that. Something. I've heard about that. Oh, and I've heard that? that. I mean, this is this is something I thought of. So you heard no. it from me. It was the one who thought it first. You thought it first, yes. Because <laughs> I mean, no, you are I'm the just... no, but I mean, no, but I... really, that's true. I thought it myself. So but... no, no, I know it definitely. It is. It's your own original thought, and I completely agree with it. And I think a lot of other people agree with you as well because right. we saw last episode Rick clearly being slightly taken aback by how Daryl is not hesitating and killing saviors when needed. Whether it was Morales, whether it was that guy Todd at the end, no hesitation whatsoever. Right, and right. I think that that really does not sit well with Rick, especially since he's starting to understand that there is a, a line and you don't necessarily want to cross that line because these are people too. Yeah, they're not just monsters. Some of them are, but not all of them. Yeah, and there's a consequence too. There are things that you may not know about right. that could happen as a result of your actions. And again, it doesn't—it defeats the purpose. It's like the stuff that we picked apart last time was: if there's any hope for the, there to be any sort of peace, then we have to kind of draw the line somewhere. You know, yes. somewhere we we can't just start. You know, keep killing indiscriminately and then not stop at some point. Right. So, or draw a line at the killing. You know. So. Right. Yep. Yeah, that really does actually take us to what befell that creature two episodes ago. Yes, what befell that creature. We finally found out. So foul creature. <laughs> foul creature. 
So what was that? That was a stream of discarded chemical waste. Was that what that was? Yeah, toxic chemical waste. Yeah. It's what Kirkman said was, we enjoy thinking of the scenarios of what it would be like to have walkers in sand, walkers in toxic waste, stuck in a drain pipe, all these different scenarios of what they would look like or how they would move and how they would react. So this is our first look into anything of this nature and it was really cool. Their, yeah, radio It was all green or whatever it was and they're yeah. very pale and saggy face. Yes. Very slow too. Yes. Slow moving. Radioactive zombies. That's a good way to get them. Yeah, pretty gross. But yeah, yeah, very, very cool looking. So we see them because Carol and Jerry are trying to get Ezekiel to safety, especially because he's injured. So he cannot necessarily make it on his own. He, he needs their help. But he keeps trying to tell them to just leave him. But he feels, like I said before, unworthy of his like disciples and I think he, he obviously feels a tremendous amount of guilt for what happened to those people so don't don't bother helping me don't, don't just leave me which obviously Carolyn and Jerry will not do to tail on that it's it's more than just guilt and remorse it's it's the worst kind of survivor's guilt the idea that the captain you didn't go down with the ship exactly I was waiting for you <laughs> I got it I made it there we're, we're, we're in it. sync yeah we're it's, and when, when that happens it's it's not only just survivor's guilt oh like you're first mate and somehow you survive the, the sinking ship it's it's like the captain the captain is I guess is expected to go down with the ship but then yeah. when people are looking to you for not only orders but for rulership that's a lot of pressure it's I mean, a lot it's a lot of responsibility let's just say to be that thing all the time for them and then this other factor of the flashback of him and Carol having that conversation about deciding who you want to be yes you know any yes. given moment taking the time out and making decisions not doing it out of instinct but to calculate however short a period of time and to decide that's what you want to be and then keep working at that yeah. yeah that was his moment then coming back to that and realizing that even even when you decide what you want to be it doesn't mean that life isn't gonna try to derail that you're gonna have to keep making those decisions yes you know i forgot about that but you're right that was a very interesting flashback to their conversation so one more tidbit about that you have to realize that ezekiel had made that decision before the apocalypse so technically ezekiel was brave before carol was ever carol at some point after the apocalypse decided enough's enough even after the death of sophia it was well into the apocalypse that she decided that she needed to be brave and she needed to adapt and she doesn't mention specifically what one point she did but that that she had to yeah it took her much longer to make that decision too so that that is something interesting that you really toss around in your brain that ezekiel made his decision in like a matter of seconds whereas carol took her probably years let's say to yeah. be brave even after all these adversities you know like almost resistant to that yes change what was it for right that's kind of a credit to ezekiel he decided and he stuck with it you know no matter what happened and maybe he didn't suffer as many hardships along the way but he got to a point now where the hardships are just too much and that is a credit I to agree. him and I don't think it's that fair that we shit on him oh know? no and I don't I wouldn't blame you if you did I mean watching this episode you're like come on man snap out of it even though you do wonder why do these people buy into it in a way like in one way it's frustrating how long do these people expect to fall in line with this kingdom idea but then give him credit he walks the walk and he gets to do what he gets to do because he shows people by example rather than just telling yes. people what to do so I thought it was a good transition before getting to Shiva because that's when things really fall apart yes so tell me your feelings well that's when I feel Ezekiel falls apart Shiva was his protector who he has saved
saved twice. We've heard the stories of him saving her and her being loyal to him. And this is yet another member of the kingdom that sacrificed themselves, even though it is a fake CGI cat. This, I, listen, listen, my heart broke for that fake CGI cat. I, I could barely watch. And and mind you, it was not graphic at all, but it still broke They couldn't my afford heart. it. <laughs> I, I, no, they couldn't afford it, no. But I, my heart, I, my heart broke. And... This is another heavy, heavy loss for him to have to carry on his conscience. And they say heavy is the head that wears the crown. That is the case with him. And his heart is heavy. He's lost his entire kingdom of, of fighters. And he's lost this, this this beast that basically has been loyal to him and protected him. And, and now in protecting him, she's died as well. And his reaction too, I think was very effective to everything that happened. I think the actor that plays Ezekiel Hayden. Yes. I mean, he was very, very effective in just the loss that he feels and when Jerry and th- and this is where we kind of get to the title of the episode because it's called uh, Some Guy you, you have Jerry and Carol trying to more so Jerry trying to, to convince him to come with them and again with the majesty stuff and you know he basically tells him no I'm not your king I'm, I'm not anybody's king I'm just some guy or at least now All he the, now, now he's he's been com- he's completely broken it's completely broken and yeah, he, he's yeah, yeah he, he can't wear that bravado anymore he, he can't He's shattered. It really left him with no choice. The show kept stripping away at Ezekiel left and right, losing the kingdom, injured leg, this guy dragging him off, yeah. and then losing almost everybody except for Jerry and Carol. And then to add insult to injury, how much more was he expected to take before he, he really broke? Yeah, and I think that that was an excellent scene when they come to the kingdom, the three of them. I thought that was very well framed. Oh, him walking away like that and then having to keep going is just mm-hmm. haunting. I think shows need to do that way more often too just way just, more often just suspend the note let it resonate a little longer just leave it there it it is very very effective i thought that home, ending baby. scene was very it drives it home i thought it was very effective to see them open these big majestic doors to only the three of them just showing up carol with her weapon jerry messy from a battle his battle axe is gone all he has is a stick and ezekiel limping from an injury and everybody else gone it was just really really effective and Ezekiel just walking away, not even able to talk to any of his his his, his people. I, I think it was very well done from start to finish. I think it was a very effective episode and it really drove the point home. So I was pleased. I think even in those last moments, him putting his hand on the kid, you know, yes. obviously the kid had a mother, one with the flower in her elbow. So yeah, she had the little flower tucked into her elbow pads. Right. Yes. And yeah, I know it's awful. But even in that moment, he managed to pull it together. And I kept thinking in my mind, if, if this was me, what would I could have even possibly said? So from, let's just take it to a bird's eye view of the situation. And this reminded me for some reason a lot about the Civil War, okay? You had mm-hmm. this huge Civil War, the American Civil War, where you had these two sides mm-hmm. and they're fighting each other and it's brutal. It's brother against brother. Even though the, the North won, the losses that were taken, the population of the United States and so many generations that could have been from us. Is it, the Civil it, War still stand as like the most uh, the war no. where we what no, world war no. ii <laughs> world war II. i didn't know where you're going okay. with that i, I mean like, i, I don't know about want... relative to population but but i know that okay world war ii took so many lives that it's just bananas it just i yeah even when you win you lose what did we really win well, and, well, and a lot of that, is... that echoed through the south too after the war a lot of us were sympathetic to the other because of how many losses we all took you really drove the point of war is hell this is wartime and this is what happens you're 
going to take an enormous amount of losses and you're going to start questioning if it's all worth it. You're going to get very introspective and it's very traumatic because he's, he's, he is, he's going through this trauma and he's trying to, to deal with the weight of what's happened. But I think it was done very well and it's done very effectively and it is done in a way that illustrates this is war. This is what war is like. It, it is graphic and you're going to lose a lot of people on your side and you're going to have to carry that with you. Yeah, um, it's like you said at the top of the show, it's it's, it's like the Saving Private Ryan. It's it's just brutal. Yeah, but brutal. I, the point yeah. that I was trying to make though with all that is that bird's eye view, this was a success. Regardless of the lives lost, let's put that aside in the corner. Mm-hmm. If you were looking at this logically, the whole point of the mission was to find these heavy guns and get them. And right. they were successful in that mission. Now, Correct. the cost. It just but at what cost? cost? Yeah, exactly. Right. Now, exactly. because as you said, these weapons are on another level than we're used to. Right. So yes, they lost maybe a handful of lives, but it would be genocide to allow these people at, to have these weapons you know, to, to use against mm-hmm. the kingdom, the hilltop, make them all suffer. So, well, that's And that's when I started wondering, when they ended up getting the weapons, I thought to myself at the risk of being political. I did think about that. Now you possess these weapons of mass destruction. What are you going to do? Are you going to use this against the saviors? Are you going to just hold on to them in your back pocket? It, right. it poses an interesting question. question. Like, what, now what do we do with these weapons? Or, or maybe it's not even about using them, but just making sure that they don't have access to these weapons. Right. And that's what I'm hands, thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like hands. it's like the U.S. really marshalling the nations right. to to go to nuclear armistice. Like with the, America as the ar- arbitrator, you, right. know, you get everybody to calm down. You get everybody to start de-escalating the violence. And that's yeah. maybe the part of the plan. You know, like, let's get these things. Mm-hmm. Let's get these things that threaten to put us all under heel. Let's take them and let's just use Use it as a means to, hey, uh, can we get a timeout? <laughs> can we take a timeout? Right. <laughs> so I just thought that was a good thing to kind of circle back to. But yeah, even going back to the point, though, is that that one scene, he manages to scrape together whatever he has left, whatever loss he's experienced, to, with complete dignity, silence, no comments, no words. He did the exact right thing. He mm-hmm. showed himself. He showed how bad it was. He offered his presence and his, his love to the to the boy and just kept moving on. Said nothing. Said nothing nothing you can say in that moment no. at least we got the guns but yeah no there's no and ezekiel's very aware of that he is very aware whereas i think that rick now is a little bit more conscious of humanity and a little bit more aware but when rick is on a tear i mean he's just focused on the mission at hand where i think that ezekiel is understanding of these people aren't just collateral damage yes we we killed these all these saviors and we got these weapons but these people weren't just negligible collateral damage they're not right their strength is their their mutual love of each other between him and the kingdom the kingdom to him so yes knowing that it's just the most appropriate response. That's what I liked about the scene. It said a lot. It said a lot of things about what he's lost, obviously, but the kingdom doesn't really know what he's you know lost. I mean, kingdom is the kingdom. They mm-hmm. they love him regardless. And I think all the while, you know, Jerry and Alvaro and all those people, and even Carol, not giving up on him and saying, we're not leaving you. Like, dude, yes, I do have to call you king. Yeah. I think that yeah. the kingdom is really going to continue to revere him. Maybe some will leave. So. We don't know. But at the same time, I think the rest may, may even you know love him even more for fighting by their side. I mean, looking at the him the way that they did and I think there's something to it I, we don't know I, I mean I'm glad that we we left it off this way so we can take a break from all that heaviness but at the same time it, it leaves off on a on a note where I'm okay with finding out what happens next I don't need to know or theorize about it no. what will be is what will be I think heavy. it left it at a very good note yeah and it does leave it there hanging for us to just sort of think well what now now what now? effectively his entire army of people were murdered and based on what I remember seeing in previous episodes this was all their 
their fighters, all their fighters. So mm. it, it, at this point, it seems that the kingdom is pretty much vulnerable. My personal feeling is that this is where we're going to start to see either the garbage people or the oceanside people start coming in because hmm. we we've experienced a lot, a lot of losses, and these groups are out there, so they're going to bring them out at some point. I'm wanting that definitely. I just don't know if it's going to happen this season, or at least this half of the season. That would be something I'd bet on as either in the mid-season finale or the episode before. I just knew that the Negan Gabriel scene in the trailer was was going to be right after this four-episode tear because they have to circle back to it. You know, they this is all happening at the same time. time, so they're going to show right. what happened in that four-episode span. Maybe in the span of one episode, but maybe draw it out for two. I hope not because that's an awful long time to be. No, that's too long. I, yeah, in a trailer. Yeah, two episodes just feels that it would be too long. I think one episode. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you need. I don't think you need any more than that. And hopefully, so, flip, flipping back and forth between other people, you know, at the same time. This right. is a Twilight I mean, Zone episode, oh, after all. So right. I, I, it doesn't need to be a singular focus. We can switch over to what's happening elsewhere, just for the sense of time to understand where we are. Yeah, and what's happening at the same time. Yeah, because we've been moving through these episodes, but as far as we know, Gabriel and Negan are still in that trailer. I will say yeah. that the the first four episodes seem to happen in the span of a short period of time. If you right. Think if you right. really take the moment to pick it apart, could even be within the span of let's say four hours. So yeah, it's perfectly it could very well be. Yeah, four hours in a trailer. That's that's plausible. They could cover that yeah. in the span of one episode. So yeah, wait. Just look. Now I'm on the same page as you. Cannot wait for that. I cannot wait. I was happy yeah. with. These four episodes, fast paced and everything, but I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. This is my choice. Like I said, it's like my little uh, peanut butter cup treat. That's yeah, it. exactly. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I've had my fill. <laughs> I I've had my fill. I'm ready to get some backstory, but I don't want to get my hopes up because I'm afraid of being disappointed. Yeah. So I'm so I'm going into it with an open mind. You you were eager for the Negan Gabriel thing for four episodes. And now right? and now okay, and now, like, I'm, now I'm ready to receive now I'm super it. Weird. Oh, you like don't worried. want it now? No, no, no. I do, but I'm so worried that it's not going to. It won't. It won't reach the expectations that I have in my mind. So I'm trying. Well, maybe to, you're actually uh, ready for it. Given that you're ready to actually receive it, like okay, no, nah, I'm not going to give it to it. Just that you want it too badly. You're going to gobble up, gobble it up too fast, and tear it apart. It's like no, 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 no. Here it is. Here it is. Now I drive this bus. No, you don't drag me. You know I'm your master. Here's your leash. <laughs> that sort of relationship that The Walking Dead has with you. Like no, stop. It, it. is very complex. It is a very complex relationship hits you with a newspaper <laughs> I know. oh it's a painful sort of love <laughs> It's very abusive. It's very, it's very abusive. <laughs> abusive and a love. We are going to go to Negan and the trailer, but it does seem that we'll see a little bit of discussion among the ranks of the Savior's lieutenants. That's it right. Seems like the power vacuum I talked about. Yes. It seems like they realize that there's a mole and they're trying to figure out oh, who yeah. is feeding the information. But there's also that idea that Negan's not there. What capacity do they have to actually lead amongst themselves? Uh, that's the thing that really I'm just, it's just like, give it to me already. That's mm -hmm. my Negan Gabriel thing. I think it's intriguing. So, I, I, I kind of want to see them fall apart, you know, and turn on each other. Yeah. And yeah. They Even would. though it may seem like Dwight's going to get picked on in this instance, but it's kind of like what you said. 
Gavin could easily be the kind of guy that did you strike a deal with them? You know, you have no backbone. So yeah, exactly. No, I th- I thought about that. I speculated on that too. I thought to myself, Gavin is more forgiving than other saviors. They could completely think that it was Gavin that's been feeding information to Rick and his team. Right. Just as easily. So just as easily, it would be just as easily believable. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how that dynamic is. Interrogation all led by Stephen Og Simon. <laughs> we haven't seen Simon in even less episodes than Negan, I guess. Like, yeah. We can't yeah. really have a scene in this episode. Like You see him, but you really don't hear him, which is kind of why you would want to see um, Simon. Right. You want to hear some of those lines. He he is rather funny. So The idea of the kingdom, in a way, is a lot like the walls of Alexandria when Rick and crew meet the Alexandrians. The idea that it protects you from the outside world. Right. If you think about it. If we think of this fantasy kingdom, in your mind, mm-hmm. it creates this false sense of safety right even yes. though they're doing all these things right. like being soldiers and, and farming and doing all these things to stay alive survive have a some sort of force to defend them so i wanted to pick your brain about that just a sec and then there's another thing i wanted to talk about on the heels of that why it's different have you thought about that this mental alexandrian wall that they've created for themselves i can't say i had thought about it but i could see the correlation between that You're yeah. deep, it does deep yeah stuff. it does protect them it's this is weird false sense of safety and it they have every right to think that they'd be okay because of all the training and all that stuff but right. probably initially this is it's probably all they had let's just fake it till we make even though yeah. they're probably buying in or some of them at least are but yes. it does pull them through and the one key thing is that whatever it is that they're adopting it's just a whole lot more effective than Alexandria potentially because right. what the Alexandrians lack in fighters they make up with this fearlessness like yes. because they adopt this particular delusion you notice that they jump on the king Alvaro fearlessly just takes Ezekiel through the field and and Jerry's just, whoa, splitting Gunther in half and so much fury and and even R.I.P. is Axe, you know, in the process of trying to break open that gate. Just fearless. I know. know. That was, that's always something when you have a character losing their weapon of choice. Yeah. Oh, their totem. Yeah. And that, and for him, that was pretty distinctive. I mean, a battle axe. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, Ezekiel loses his Shiva. Jerry loses his axe. What's next with Rick? His hat? Wait, hold on. Carl has that. Carl has <laughs> I mean, it. But yeah, it's, I just thought that was an interesting thing to pick apart because it's these little parallels and who does it better and yeah. how everybody is doing it the same way. Like the saviors have this cult-like mentality and yeah. this false sense of safety because of, you know, if we surrender ourselves to Negan, we'll be saved. Just right. put it that way. You know? Right. We'll saved and 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 be useful like oh we'll we'll, ha- we'll pretend like we have a use in this community exactly yeah and then meanwhile just like we said in this episode the drawback to that is surrendering your will is to really not have a sense of taking charge not have strategy and that really is their downfall like yeah right. it makes it makes for effective fighters when somebody tells them what to do but at the end right. of the day it's just all about you know just following orders and not being anything yeah, yeah. that is very very true i was drawing parallels between shiva and lucille you know the bat well, I could see that, though. Shiva is basically his live weapon and a, a symbol of power and his strength, almost like his scepter. To hit I'm him like, over the head with. One other thing that I, I thought of, when they were talking about deciding who he wanted to be, Ezekiel, right? Yes. And, and saving Shiva, there's just a little bit of this personality transfer going on. What we could consider as being reckless, headstrong, being brutal, taking everything that's yours, this selfishness and this brutality, 
and rage and berserker kind of behavior. Ezekiel takes all of those ideas, he makes up this character, and then he shivas this embodiment of going in headstrong, being tough, tearing things apart, running around the room, wrecking it. You know, yes. so there's this interesting reflection of like this transfer of power into Shiva, and then Ezekiel can become this balanced, regal, lawful, benevolent, thoughtful, tactician type character. Right, right. Very, very well thought out, takes every step carefully, has it all kind of figured out if you really think about it. And to his credit, it's worked for so long. So it's interesting to see how Shiva rushed in and tried to, it doesn't know zombies from anything and, and numbers and tactics. Right. And this is too much for it. It doesn't have like that level of consciousness, but then to lose that, what will that mean for Ezekiel? That is a very good question. Does he lose all the advantages he has as a result of, you know, setting aside those those ideas, the headstrongness, the, the brashness? So it may be interesting to see how he develops after that, which again, I, I, I'm open to. I, I, I'm ready to see that unfold. I'm not anxious about it. What's done is done. Sadness all around, but I'm ready. Very excited to see where we go with the Negan character next episode. I'm very curious to see uh, if any dissension in the in the ranks among the saviors and the, his lieutenants, as he calls them. And I'm really curious to see how Ezekiel recovers from this. Where does he go from here? Oh, I don't think we'll see that for a while. I, mean, I don't I think wanna, so either. Yeah, I what I want to so see is what they're going to do with the saviors of the hilltop, too, which may not also happen, but who knows? Yeah, we have to go back to that, especially because Jared, who is from Gavin's outpost, is there. And as far as I'm concerned, they're they're prepping Jared to yeah be mercilessly murdered. So. I, I'm fairly confident of that. Oh yeah, and and not only that, I think we may not we may not see Morgan until at least mid season, if if I'm thinking correctly. I think he's kind of done for a little while, kind of like Carol. Yeah. Morgan's he needs hanging Carol out. Moment. He he needs a he needs a timeout. Go to the shed. Out. He's gonna go to the shed. He's gonna find the shed, and he's gonna hang out there. He's gonna, he's gonna create gonna a cage. His, he's gonna collect his thoughts before rejoining civilization again. Right. He's gonna build a little cage in it. You know, put himself in it. Ah, <sighs> Morgan, 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 Morgan. Yeah, I can't. I do. He's conflicted, and he he needs to take a moment, and and that's fine. So he's taking his moment, but yeah, he's got to come back. Oh, yeah. he, he's got to he's got to contribute to the cause. I, I don't know. My feeling, and I, I feel like this is worth weighing in on, is that he's we're not going to see or hear from him. You know, kind of like Keith. Keith yeah. Right. Yes. Keith. Keith is coming back. I'm just not sure when. Maybe with Oceanside. Maybe. I mean, he he was definitely picked up by some group, something. He he's out there. He's just out there somewhere. They will find him. Mm. That would be a nice wrapped in a boat kind of thing to have to see Oceanside come in with Heath. Yes. I think. We have we have several groups that we need to see. We need to see the garbage people. We need to see the Oceanside. Heath, where are you at? So, yes. So more good things to come. And yes. uh, I think with that, we can safely say thanks everybody for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us on Facebook, facebook.com slash squawkingdead. Twitter at twitter.com slash squawking underscore dead. And soundcloud.com which you're listening to right now uh, iTunes now search for Squawking Dead and that pretty much covers it you can also reach us via email at squawkingdead at gmail.com and with that everybody have a great week listen to us every week please your mom please. does and your girlfriend does apparently but iTunes now hello big deal big deal That's Apple loves deal. us yes oh, I feel so loved we'll squawk on everybody and uh, we'll catch you on the next week see you next time bye guys <laughs>